Barely Legal Comedy Podcast with Chris Keogh and Alex Boardman. Music, White Bat Audio, 80s Retro Synthwave Mix. Got it. Recording now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Barely Legal Comedy Podcast. I'm Alex Boardman. I'm Chris Keogh. Yes, and today we are meeting via technology, aren't we? We are, we are. We've uh, decided um, to embrace the 21st century. Rather than the 20th century, the technology of driving around to meet each other yes. in person. Although uh, this is our second or third attempt because we couldn't do clean feed. We couldn't figure it out. No, we'll, 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 we will figure it out. I'm going to make it my quest in life to figure out how to do clean yes, feed. Yes, I will. But he's currently um, still asleep. Uh, the teenager that sorts things out for me is currently still asleep. So um, who's your favourite listener that we've got? My favourite listener that we've got? Yeah, who's, um, your, who's the best listener that we have? I Personally, I think, I don't know if you've heard of this person. She's called Tammy Webster, do you know that? Yes, yes. And I don't know if we're allowed to give a name out, but she's called Tammy Webster, isn't she? Or Tammy On, on Twitter, right? anyway. On yeah, Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so she... Um, put money in our tip jar. Yeah, that's you nice. know how much she put in. No, how much? Right, I did. I told you that she put some in, but I didn't tell you how much. Um, ten quid. Whoa, that's a ridiculous that's, that's, amount of money. It is, isn't it? Yeah. That's so right. essentially, this episode is like sponsored by her or <laughs> dedicated to her or whatever. Um, and after whatever it's called, whoever puts this podcast out, takes their fee. It's £9.65, which right, is good. Okay. It's supposed to be a 3.5% fee. So that is that is enough to buy um, one pint of beer in London yeah, or um, probably maybe a pint and a half in Manchester. Yeah. Going it, on for two, two pints in Stockport. Which two is pints where in I, Stockport? All right. I reckon, yeah, if you get, if you get like the... Um, the Robinson's Brewery one that's the local brewery you can get it for 450 a pint all right okay yeah and then I could, I could get like three pints in the Joseph Holtz pub near me for, for that kind of money I like Holtz as well I like Holtz bitter just yeah. the best bitter that's really good so oh, thank yeah. you thank you Tammy Webster um well done that uh that's very exciting I can't believe it actually it feels so we know a professional podcast yeah exactly well, exactly. who knows what the production value on this Zoom call will be like. <laughs> so anyway, um, our new feature has really, it's taken, oh my God, it's on fire. Yeah. Uh, you know, asking the listeners to do our intro for us, which uh, anyway, so Craig Mason um, yeah. has sent us a question. I presume that's it, that's the first bit of his email. Uh, so I presume he's called Craig Mason. Um, Alex, Chris. Glad to see the podcast is back, which I I like the fact that um, they make it a bit conversational. Do you know what I mean? They don't just yeah, go, yeah, yeah. Keo, answer this, you knob. Um, <laughs> so how's this for a topical subject for a future episode? I just listened to what you said about Ryan Giggs and the Wilmington presumption of innocence. It's also in Article 6.2 of the European Court uh, of Human Rights, of course, Um but, brackets, as I discovered this week in the Malkinson case, I'm guessing he's a student, do we think? 
Uh, possibly, yeah. It sounds like he may well be. Yeah. That principle doesn't apply when seeking compensation for wrongful imprisonment. Oh no, that was um, that was actually last week, wasn't it? The the duty yeah. fifteen years in prison. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, I remember that. And then they've had to change the law, haven't they? Because you weren't allowed to to sue basically for wrongful imprisonment. Yeah. Uh, no, you are. In such cases, the ex-con has to prove beyond reasonable doubt that they're innocent. Section one three three of the Criminal Justice Act before they get a penny. Odd, don't you think? By the way, there's been more media coverage about the deduction from... Oh, here we go. This is what I was on about. By the way, there's been more media coverage about the deduction from compensation for boarding costs in prison following the House of Lords in O'Brien versus Independence Assessor. Not sure they've chosen the most important thing there. Best wishes, Craig Mason, who already sounds much... Like he knows much more about law than me. So, and, and me, to be honest with you. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I can't even remember what the question is there, but whatever that question was, do you want to answer? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I'm taking it because it, yeah, it, it was it was a number of bits of information in one, um, yes. in, in one message, um, and and I think, I think I think the question was driving at why do you have to why is this shifting the burden of proof almost like to um, yes to be able to you know when you are claiming compensation um yes. wh- why do you have to show that um that you know wh- wh- why is that the case no that's it's, it is an interesting question that so if we go to, to I'll have a quick look at section 133 uh, which is which is the title of it is compensation for miscarriages of justice um so basically it says subject to subject subsection 2 below when a person has been convicted of a criminal offence and when subsequently his conviction has been reversed or he has been pardoned on the ground that a new or newly discovered facts shows beyond reasonable doubt that there has been a miscarriage of justice. The Secretary of State shall pay compensation for the miscarriage of justice to the person who has suffered punishment as a result of such conviction, or if he is dead to his personal representatives, unless the non-disclosure of the known unknown fact was wholly or partly attributable to the person convicted. So, he doesn't have to prove this, basically... If you're in the position where it's quite clear you did not do this thing at all, it's not just that you know that the conviction was unsafe and you've subsequently been acquitted of it. You know, I the the, the key the key fact is that as we talk about, it, and this will lead on nicely to one of the subjects that are around in the minute, is that the innocent until proven guilty is really about who has to prove what. It's an evidential issue, um, and no one actually by being acquitted, for example, you aren't you aren't found to be innocent. You are just found to be not guilty of that offence which is a different thing. Whereas if you are then found guilty of the offence and later on there is subsequent, you know, subsequent, subsequently there are, there are, sort of, there's evidence uncovered that shows that actually you, you didn't do that, which is what happened in the Malcolmson case. You know what I mean? There, there was clear evidence it wasn't him at all. Um, yeah. That's what that means. Um, that, that, that you are then, you can be paid or you shall be paid. You know, the word is shall, you shall be paid compensation. Um, and and what that what that means is that it doesn't open the floodgates to anyone who you know who is subsequently you know acquitted. Um, it, it it's that it 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 shows that you it, it means that you have been found to be innocent. Whereas if you know you can't raise a reasonable doubt later on, because that doesn't prove prove innocence. If if in, it's basically if you clearly have been sent to prison for something you definitely did not do, then the state will pay you compensation. And in no other case will they pay you compensation. And a lot of that is, is similar to like costs arguments in relation to, you know, the, the, the state is that, you know, the, the, 
you know, that there are statutory duties in, in place. And what you don't want to do is have a chilling effect whereby, you know, prosecutions aren't, aren't you know, aren't, aren't sought against people for fear of compensation being paid out further down the line. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it, it's it's to ensure that, that it's only really where it's clear that this was wrong and this person did not do this. Um, and and it's, it's to, you know, narrow the scope of people who can claim compensation. Um, so it, it it's a different thing, really, to the presumption of innocence. If that you know, to answer the question, right? Well, that's very good then. So no, okay. Craig, it was a bit so waffling. It was, it, was, it was off the top of my head that, but you know, right? Craig, that sounds like Alan Partridge from the Oz Tapes when he talks about like band waves of like FMU <laughs> and stuff. He's clearly reading the answer. Uh, so Craig Mason, good question. But as we mentioned last time, if you could put a little joke in there, uh, yeah, 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 you know, Pray, uh, praise at the start though. That's what we want. I like that though. Glad yeah, you know, yeah, straight in. Good, good, good question. But next time, whoever sends the next question in, because we love this bit, give us a little joke. You know, <laughs> what do you call a fellow with a seagull on his head? Cliff. That kind of thing would be. It'll just add a little bit of fun. Yeah. Um, we are barely legal, but we're not much of a comedy podcast. Are barely we? comedy as well. Yeah. Barely comedy, I know. That's what I'm, oh my god, I did a gig on Tuesday night to seven people in the centre of Manchester. It was three of those seven were German. Okay. And the other two had just got the food as I went on. So it was effectively a gig to two people <laughs> who were sat in the dark. And I, I set off and I was like, I won't let it phase me. And then five minutes in, um, this woman came in, the angriest woman you've ever met. And the best way to describe her is, have you ever been to York in the day? Yes. So, you know, those people who walk around York that are, they look a bit, I don't know if it's steampunk's not quite the right word, and a bit goth horror and a bit like a Mexican wedding. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, so the this lady had like black and white striped trousers on, um, black lipstick, black hair, uh, kind of a big long leather jacket and chains that look like skulls. Right, and okay. Her boyfriend stroke husband stroke friend, we never, he didn't answer, was like... You, you remember the original um, Adams family when Lurch is about seven foot tall and just yeah. uh, like that. So he was like him, but massive and had this huge beard. Uh, and she just came in and I was like, oh, great. More people come in, come in. That's what I said. Come in, come in like that. And she went, don't you tell me what to do. Oh my God, I've got social anxiety. How dare you talk to me, right? That's how, that's how her bit started. It didn't sound very socially anxious, quite open there. Yeah. <laughs> she was really hostile. And then she so then she starts going on about, you shouldn't talk to me. You, you're not allowed to talk to me if, if I don't want you to talk. And I, was, I said, I was literally welcoming you into the room that's got two people eating, three Germans, and two people sat in the dark. <laughs> I want you here, and then she she kept going on, and she went, "I don't want you to draw attention to me." And I went, "If you're not, if you don't want attention drawn to you, why are you dressed like fucking Beetlejuice?" <laughs> <laughs> Which set her social anxiety off no end. Then she sits down, and five minutes later, so, so she stayed. 
She stayed, right? Oh, okay. He didn't speak whatsoever. I kept I kept saying to him, Are you okay? What's happening? Are you what are you is this normal behavior for you too? Is this what always happens? He just didn't say a word. And uh, there was four comics at the back dying laughing. That was it. And then five minutes later, when I was speaking to somebody else, she went, and um, why are you excluding me? <laughs> so you just make it clear you don't want me to talk to you, you knobhead. So anyway, um, that was what happened in my week. Uh, so while we're on a comedy keel then, comedy and the war, uh, okay, we've, been, yeah. we've been following the Tom Bins case. Yes. Um, closely. We, and we have. He, um was finally uh sentenced last week yeah. so do you have it in front of you do, i think he got 10 months suspended that's the headline yeah he was sentenced to d- 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 he got 10 months suspended for 15 months didn't he i think is what it was yes i think that sounds about right uh which basically means if he doesn't i think he also has to be on a he has to also be. Is he on a register for ten years and he's not? Ten years. Yeah. So he was made subject to the um, notification requirements, which is the official title of being on the sex offenders register uh, yeah. for a period of ten years, um, and uh, was also made the subject of a sexual harm prevention order um, as well. So, so yeah, so a fairly hefty sentence, albeit it was suspended. Um, so obviously, a suspended sentence means that. If he commits any offence during the period of suspension, then that will automatically trigger the um, the, the sentence that he's already got. So it, yes. he'll, he'll have to actually serve that custodial sentence. So there's some confusion from people I've spoken to since this came out. Um, so just to clear it up once and for all, if you get a suspended sentence... What does it mean exactly? Does it mean you're not guilty? Does it mean you are guilty? Does it mean you're kind of guilty, but um, but the judge likes you? What does it mean? So, so, so what it what it means is that so you, you like sentencing is a formulaic procedure. You, you go through the sentencing guidelines. You look at the offences, look at the you know like the culpability and and the harm and all that sort of stuff, and decide where where the sentence should should lie. Now, there are a number of offences. Here and a number of like categories of images, which means that the total sentence that he got was was ten months. So, yes. so they've gone through that process. It's past the custody threshold. He's been given a ten month custodial sentence. The court can then choose to suspend that sentence in circumstances if, if actually there's no like immediate risk to the public um, yes. from from the from the effect from the defendant there, um, and they will suspend it for a specific period of specified period of time. Usually, usually between like a year and two years. So yeah. in this case, it was suspended for fifteen months. So he was given a custodial sentence, but it was suspended pending his good behaviour. So if he doesn't commit any further offences, then he won't go to prison. But if he does commit yes. an offence, then that that will trigger trigger the um, custodial sentence. Um, so it it doesn't mean he he's got off with it, or that the judge didn't view the sent the you know, the um, offences has been serious or whatever. It means that actually there's nothing to be gained from sending this person to prison because there's no actual risk there. And, the you know, the the, the justice is served by the, the punitive element of the fact that he's been given this suspended sentence, which will hang over him for a period of time. He's got his record for a long time as well. Um, he's also got um, the sexual harm prevention order, which will... Which will which is designed to prevent risk as well. 
Um, so yeah. between all of those different things, the court clearly were of the view that um, the risk, any risk posed, can be can be managed without having to send him to prison. Um, now, obviously, lots of people don't like that because he's not been sent to prison, and they think he should be sent to prison as a punitive um, gesture. But obviously, that can sometimes be um, counterproductive. You know, people can, who were otherwise not risks can become risks as a result of being in prison. You know, so. Um, yeah. there's there's all of that to contend with. Um, it's it's not, in my opinion, a particularly sort of controversial sentence. It seems it seems probably about what you might have expected. Um, certainly yeah. there was, you know, we talked previously about this Newton hearing that was due to take place. That didn't take place because, in you know, and the reason for that was was it seems that the basis of plea, which we talked about last time, um, was largely accepted by the prosecution in the end. Um, and therefore, you know, certain mitigation must have been accepted by the court, and he was sentenced according to that version of events. Um, and all taken in the round, you know, custody and albeit suspended seems about about right. I would say, yes. Um, so it doesn't seem, yeah. I'm I, I I wasn't amazed or or, or offended by by the sentence because right. it seemed it seemed fair. Whereas obviously lots of people were because they're not they don't have the sort of like. You know, regular, ex, you know, experience or, or or exposure to the um, criminal justice system, and also as someone that they know and work with, so they sort of feel personally involved in it as well. Again, so yes, so no surprises. No, the, you speculated to me privately what you, given these circumstances and the cases that you've been involved in, yeah. you were within, uh, you were within about a month. Of the, you said this yeah. is what probably happened about six months ago. Yeah, you, you said eleven, twelve months suspended. Yeah. That was what yeah, you yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. All right, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah nice. I was going to try and fun this up a bit with a game of uh, <laughs> bingo, but uh, so I remembered writing that down. Um, so well done to you. So while we're not, while we're in a not dissimilar vein, then of people perhaps misunderstanding sentencing people not quite understanding the difference between being guilty and being not guilty um mason greenwood who yeah. uh last week so uh anybody that doesn't know um about 12 18 months ago mason greenwood's then girlfriend who is now his current girlfriend possibly wife and had oh, has had explain his- who mason greenwood is as well to be Yes, who's had his child. Mason Greenwood's a, a footballer, was a footballer for Manchester United. Uh, young, probably about 20, 21. Maybe yeah. he's about 22 now. Um, and his girlfriend posted pictures, or someone posted pictures on her Instagram account um, showing uh, things that were like she'd been beaten up. Uh, there, were, there were lots of pictures um, where she'd got a bloodied face. And... Yeah. The Instagram post, because we don't know if it was her that put this on, um, the Instagram post said, this is what Mason Greenwood's really like, for those of you still defending him. Then uh, there also came out a an audio recorded file which appeared to show um, Mason Greenwood um, attempting to rape. Yeah, um, certainly the, the words that he was using was indicative of, of that, wasn't it? Um, yes. And interestingly, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's ever been denied that it was him on that audio. No, nope. either. That's in, you know, he, you know, 
it seems to, you know, there's a tacit acceptance that that was him and he used those words. Yeah. So, yeah. So Harriet Robson's a name. I should have, I couldn't um, find the page that I'd written this down on. So she's called Harriet Robson. Um, and they have, they had a child on the 14th of July. Yeah. So they've got, they've got a child together now. Um, so um, in the last week, Manchester United, who have, had all kinds of criticism from some sides and from other sides. They said they've handled it possibly well. They've come to the right decision. They've said he will never play for Manchester United again. Yeah. However, they've conducted an internal investigation um, where they've tried to access um, Harriet Robson. They tried to get her side of things. She was not forthcoming. She wouldn't say anything to them. I think her parents, but neither of them said anything to him. Uh, what Mason Greenwood said, what evidence the police had, because this did fall down in court. Um, well, it, it never got to court, did it? It never got to court, no. Um, because so, because she, she withdrew from the from the proceedings, basically. Right. So what's the where are we at then legally? Because some people say, uh, why can't Mason Greenwood play for Manchester United? Because he's been found not guilty of rape. Uh, and other people right. are saying... He is clearly a rapist because we uh, we know that because we've heard the audio. So he, he is a rapist. So he should never play for Manchester United again. Where where are we at legally? What is the situation legally? Well, well, well there's two issues here, and there's like the interplay between sort of criminal law and employment law to a degree. Um, and you know, so, so there are a couple of things there. So it, so let's start with this criminal stuff. Yes. So basically, because of this. Um, uh, this social media post that, that effectively triggered a police investigation in which he was, um, you know, he was arrested um, and he was, was he, was he charged with various offences like attempted rape and, and so on? Or was he arrested? Was he was, he was, CPS were bringing it. He was arrested on suspicion of those things, wasn't he? He was arrested yes. a couple of times. He was arrested once um, at the outset and then further arrested for, <clears throat> there, there were various physical assaults. There was court controlling and coercive behaviour um, and attempted rape were, were some of the um, offences for which he was arrested. Then obviously the normal procedure would be that the police would conduct the investigation. Part of the arrest is to interview the person um, and it triggers other powers such as be able to seize items and, and things like that and search, um, search the properties of, of that person. Um, and, and then ultimately the police, when they have... Um, finished their investigation they'll send the file of evidence to the cps um who can be involved at an early stage as well with, you know for early advice um and and yeah. they will determine whether or not a person will be charged i think we found out i think it was february of this year that that effectively no further action was taken in that and i think that the wording of that was because of a key witness effectively refusing to take any further part which we yes. i understand to be her the victim um and yeah. also new facts that have come to light, but we don't know what those are. Okay, well, um, yeah, so to actually quote, um, well, it's, I'm actually only quoting a newspaper, uh, and I'm not going to say which one. It was the first one that Google popped up. The Crime Prosecution Service stated that charges were dropped after key witnesses, so not just her, key witnesses withdrew their involvement. Yeah. The court also cited new material as one of the reasons behind their decision. So it's all very, we don't know. No, no, yeah. Big. So so she, you know, what, what we do know is that, that 
you know, like it, it, you said that Manchester United, the, the, the family didn't weren't involved in their investigation. Um, first point I would say is about United is that I'm not. I don't, I don't, I'm not aware that Manchester United are an investigative sort of like expert. So, no, that's what really surprised me. <laughs> it's like we've done this investigation and decided he didn't do any of these offences, which is weird. Um, and, but, but sorry, presumably that would be the criminal, you were talking about criminal law and employment law. So, presumably they were doing it with that. Well, they, 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 well they had a fact finding exercise. Yeah, exactly. And this is, it's, I, I honestly think that United's statements have been really, really unhelpful. Yes. <laughs> In terms of, in terms of having people understand what's what's gone on here, so the criminal matter was was stopped in February when when key witnesses withdrew and new material came to light. We don't know what that new material is. Could well be that she was pregnant, and they might say, well, that might affect the jury's interpretation as to what's gone on. And um, what I would say is that um, I wouldn't take the victim of domestic abuse still being with their partner as evidence that domestic abuse hasn't taken place because you know. It's very much part of the, the of, of any cycle of abuse. Doesn't mean yeah. that you, the opposite is true, and it, it shows that it has done. But lots of people have, have clearly used that as as evidence that he didn't do any of these things, and like all that shows is a naivety as to how these things actually pan out, and and the lack of yeah. understanding of, of it all. Um, but there's no so there's no criminal charge going on. That was in February. United still then undertook an internal investigation. Um, as to whether or not he could be, whether they kept him on as an employee, basically, and whether he yeah. would be integrated into the into the first team squad. Um, in all, so we're still in August now. Sort of a couple of weeks ago, there was clearly some suggestion from United, or whether it was a leak or whether they deliberately put this out there, that they were thinking about bringing him back in. And there was some suggestion that that had been okayed with the manager Eric Ten Hag and various other people to to bring him back into the first team. That was then. I, I think what's happened is that that was then leaked out to the press to see, to gauge what the public reaction yeah, to that would yeah. be. There was then some further investigative journalism that had gone on that found that actually that is what was happening. Um, and they had a list of people and organisations that would be hostile to Mason Greenwood coming back, including yes. domestic abuse charities yes. um, and MPs and people like that, um, which, you know, isn't a good look. If, they, if they're talking about the optics, it's to use the modern parlance and all of this then they're not very good at the minute for United, I don't think. Um, and then ultimately they came to the decision that he wouldn't be brought back. Um, and then they released a statement in which, and this thing that really bugged me, they said, because he released a statement, as did the club, pretty much simultaneously, probably looked at by the same lawyers, um, I would suggest, um, in which he said, I was cleared of all charges. And I was like, no, you weren't. <laughs> I, you weren't cleared of anything. No evidence was tested. Even if you were found not guilty, that that's not cleared of all charges and isn't a, a useful, isn't a helpful phrase. You know what I mean? So yeah. the vast majority of DV and sexual offences don't get beyond the initial report. Well, most of them don't get to reporting stage, to be fair. If they do get reported, they get dropped because the key witness, i.e. the victim, and maybe their friends and family drop out um, because of the process itself. Um, so that, again, that's not unusual. And isn't in, that's not being cleared of all charges because... There are lots of very guilty people that that they've been in the same situation where the police, sadly, and the CPS can't carry on as they will see it because we don't have our key witness with us. I've had cases where that's happened. I mean, and you've seen the evidence and know and know what's happened. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah. So it then comes to an employment issue. Then really, so what where we are now is that he's 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 innocent until proven guilty. The fact that he's not been 
convicted means that he's not a criminal. You know what I mean? He's, he's not committed the crime uh, with which he was being investigated. That doesn't mean he's innocent and didn't do any of these things. Um, and United have, a, have an issue. I'm sure it comes down to what the terms of his contract say as to whether or not they can effectively terminate his contract. Um, yeah. But I imagine bringing the reputation of the club into um, disrepute, um, yeah. and which he undoubtedly has done. You know, so um, and it, but it'll be whether or not you know his, his behaviour, albeit he's not done this publicly, it's been leaked. But still, he's not denied any of these things with him. So it's clearly, it's you know that you know that there is some truth that he was the voice on that audio recording. You know what I mean? And that yeah. that that would be enough to lose most people their jobs, I would say, if that was in the public domain. Um, and so I, I I don't see that United had any other option but to let him go. And, and I'm not a United fan, but I know you are. Um, I would be if that was my club, I'd be disappointed if they'd dealt with it in the way that United have done. To be honest with you, yeah, uh, they deal they deal with everything like this terribly at the minute because right. the, the leadership from the top down is just awful. Yeah, absolutely awful. Uh, I think there was there were talks that I remember two weeks ago they were saying we've still got to ask the women's the Man United women's football team right, what they right. think. What, what, why? Just have, have, I have mean, some. I, yeah. I think it was. I, I don't know if if it's just if they tried to do. Let's get, if you give them the benefit of that is that they tried to do everything correctly so that you could say to the shareholders look we've looked at the commercial side of it to the fans say what we've we've asked the women's football team we know that there's like loads of women fans in old trafford um yeah yeah maybe you know well, if you go like, like, yeah there's a suggestion that it's like only women that will be offended by him being there. yes of course you know what i mean which is nonsense yeah exactly it just um i mean everybody the second that came out it just was so sickening to hear that yeah. I mean, the other thing is, I think he's on about seventy-five, eighty thousand pounds a week. So he's yeah. probably on, you know, the best part of three hundred thousand pounds a month, three million pounds a year, um, three and a half, and uh, he's been paid all this time. Has he been is, paid? Yes, so he's been being paid. You know, so he wasn't been, like suspended on. No, no. So that's probably you know between three and a half and five million pounds since this story broke. Yeah, he's, yeah. So I mean, half of that will go to the to tax, but that's sick. That's also sickening for for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, with the whole thing is the whole thing just stinks and yeah. it's disgusting. So he's not been cleared of any of all charges because no, he's not been cleared of anything possible because he wasn't no, no. charged. But he he's you know innocent until proven guilty. He's not been proven guilty, so he's not a, he's not a a you know. He's not an actually convicted sex offender, so um, no. But but it's like you know the reaction of some of the fans has been like that. You know, well, he's not he's not been convicted, of it, therefore he should be able to come back. And it's like, well, no, you don't have to be convicted of a criminal offence to lose yeah. your job. You know, and if that's and you know he's all right. He's not an actual convicted rapist. Is like a very low bar, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, <laughs> yeah. To, uh, is yes. Anyway, let's not do, say that. No. Um, no. But, so, 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 but it, it, it was that thing of so. Yeah, he wasn't cleared of all. He wasn't cleared of any charges. He's not been found to be innocent of anything. Um, this is this is this was this was a 
sort of commercial decision being made by Manchester United Football Club. Yeah, it seems to me. You know, as, as a corporation. Um, and it was whether or not, you know, what is his value as a player as against what is the damage that the club will receive reputation for bringing him back. It was, it was the equation they were clearly carrying out. And the public outcry was the one where they went, actually, he's, yeah. Yeah, I think, well, not, I don't know anyone. All everybody that I know, every comedian that's from Manchester area that supports United, anybody in my family, any friends that I've had, I don't know anyone who, who would who said he should play again. Yeah, he seems yeah. like that's the kind of the internet and Twitter where there's huge support, but it just seems no, no. Stupid. Yeah, everyone I know in person just says like it, it's, yeah. it was almost like a no-brainer. No, I know he shouldn't. He shouldn't come back. Yeah. I mean, you, you wouldn't expect it in any in any other sort any of like, other like public facing line of work, would you? you know, so. No, it would be interesting if um, so much time hadn't gone by. So if this would have, when I think this was a Sunday, I've just got a vague recollection that this hit Twitter on a Sunday. By Monday or Tuesday, he'd been suspended. Um, now, had it all been cleared up uh, to the point where. The CPS had gone, we can't prosecute because there's Harriet Robson will not play ball in any, she does not want to cooperate with any yeah. investigation. She doesn't want to be a part of it. Neither do her parents, neither do her friends. Um, and within a week, it, there, was, there wasn't like a legal case to answer. Mason Greenwood would then still be at his peak as a footballer. He wouldn't have had 18 months off. No. So I wonder if the Manchester United reaction. Because when a player's had 18 months off, they especially in like a really early in their career, they never come back as the same player. So they yeah. don't match they, they, it'll take a year to get back. If he was at his peak and it had only been a week, I wonder if they if Manchester United would have come to the same decision. Right, okay. Right, I think it was an easier um, footballing so, decision for him to make. Yeah. Yes, because he it, this, there's a lot of question marks that he is the same footballer he was. So that's, right. I mean, that's that's a very cynical viewpoint. But um, I think the whole thing is feels so cynical and so yeah, yeah. it does. And um, I mean, I, I think he also underestimates. I don't know if he's ever been out in Manchester. I don't think he could go out in Manchester, for instance. He no, definitely. No. In Manchester on a night out, because no. if he gets recognised, he's somebody's gonna, yeah, you know, all or or Leeds, he couldn't go anywhere. No, anyway, weird, 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 weird times that we're living in. So, Wilmington was almost the thread, and the presumption of innocence was almost the, gold, the, the golden thread. <laughs> yes, that ran through the episode. Thank you, Craig <laughs> Mason, uh, but more importantly, thank you to Tammy Webster for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not giving you any of that money um, because I'm just not. Right, okay. Gonna, what are you going to do with it? Just leave, leave it in the tip jar? I'm going to leave it, yeah. It's, it's sitting there <laughs> ready to grow so we can have our own private podcast studio <laughs> at some point in the future. Right, um, we'll be back next time with hopefully some – I hope this audio was all right. Yeah, but it's yeah. things we can yeah. do. There's been lots of stuff happening. School holidays, you've been on holiday. I've got school holidays. Uh, there's been yeah, a bar- that, that time of year, lots. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the time of year that this is just the best we can do at the minute. So yeah. um, thanks for listening, everybody. 
and see you again for the next episode. Yeah.